Yes, at some point I will mention that I covered Patrick Mahomes' father, uh, which makes me almost a family member of the best player in football. But we need to get some Vikings news first. That is the Vikings did hire Brian Flores. Uh, I was in favor of him. I thought he had the best. I can't say he's going to be the best performing defensive coordinator out of all the candidates that were available to them. But I do think he had the best resume. And I also think once uh, other people either turned down the Vikings offer went elsewhere. It was a very easy decision. What did you think, John? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, what I like about Brian Flores is the credentials that he brings to the job and the presence that he's going to bring to this job. Could some of the other like younger, lesser known, um, candidates that were on the list end up being as good or better? Maybe. Yes. But this one I think is a proven, performer and I do think that when you're Kevin O'Connell and you had in your first defensive coordinator hire what got to a point where it's like we have to fire you after one year that's a failure and so you have to get this one right and I think that the chances of getting it right with Brian Flores are pretty high in terms of his prove he's a proven commodity and I do think that he also, with the sort of the intensity that he brings to the job, might be a nice balance for Kevin O'Connell, who I'm not saying he's not intense, but it's just a different type of coaching energy that O'Connell brings. And so sometimes it's good within a staff to have sort of multiple um, uh, approaches, multiple kind of different uh, intensity levels and things like that. And Flores is going to come in to a team that absolutely needs to have uh, a shock to the system. And I think he's going to give that. So I think the chances are very good that this ends up working out well, both for Brian Flores and for the Vikings. I'm still struck by the fact that before the playoff game with a 30th, 31st ranked defense, you know, Ed Donatello got up there and tried to pretend that everything was fine. I don't think they're going to get that from Flores. I do think there's some value in having you know, it's not as simple as good cop, bad cop, but, you know, somebody who is a little more personable and friendly in O'Connell and somebody who's known for being kind of gruff in Flores. I think that can work as a dynamic with an NFL team. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, I, I do think that O'Connell is sort of the overall um, leader of the staff. He's going to set the tone and the way things go, but there are going to be times when uh, when a group or a player or someone like that probably needs a, a little fire lit under them. And I don't, maybe Ed Donatel did that last year. I, I don't know, but he just did not seem to have the same kind of presence that a Brian Flores does have. And so for him to be able to have, to, to come in and I think he's going to push guys hard. I think that he's going to demand a lot of them and this is this is a unit that not only needs talent upgrades, no question about it, but that 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 needs to be they need to add youth and athleticism and and a lot of things to the 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 defense in general. But I also do think that they're probably at a point where they're down pretty bad and they need someone to come in and really hold them accountable and really push them. And I do think that Brian Flores is that kind of a coach who's going to come in and set the bar high and keep pushing them and see if that can bring a more out of the players that are on the roster than Ed Donatel was able to bring out of them. 
He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. This is the Viking Update Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's easy. You can also do that with any other shows you'd like at the network, including Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, which will be out later this week. Uh, we have two football shows. we got about 18 hockey shows, it feels like. We have basketball shows. John, we have the John Krasinski Show, which is John with his insights and depth, in-depth reporting on the Timberwolves. Uh, but just go to talknorth.com. You'll find shows you like. Subscribe. We do appreciate it. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to Aquarius. And thanks also to TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the presumption, we haven't heard from Flores yet. We're talking here on Monday morning. The presumption is they're going to go 3-4 and they're going to be much more aggressive. Does that, is that what you're hearing as well? Well, I, I think so, um, which is what I'm like really interested in, in terms of it's clear that when Kevin O'Connell came in, he had a vision for what he wanted from a defense, for how he wanted that thing to run. And I think that Flores is going to come in with maybe a little more sort of, uh, let's how, how does it, ownership of it or... Um, really going to come in with his own ideas, I think, uh, and, and how to do it schematically to make this thing work. And so in some ways, I think there's going to be even more of a delegation of the defense to Brian Flores than maybe even there was to Ed Donatello. I mean, Kevin O'Connell absolutely wanted the 3-4. He wanted to – he, he, he believes, and that's the way – that with the game evolving to the to the extent that it has, that that is the best approach for being able to be effective and limiting these just incredibly pass happy offenses. Um, but it didn't seem that that was implemented in a way that certainly that he was satisfied with, but also that fit their personnel. So my my guess is I don't have inside information on this, but my guess is is that Flores is going to come in and probably make more tweaks or adjustments or changes to how they do things. Um, and I think it's going to be less of a, okay, this is what you want. This is what I'm going to do. And more of this is what we need to do to be effective. And I think that that's probably a good thing right now for a defense that just got totally shredded for most of last season. It is amazing they won 13 games and went to the it's playoffs incredible. with that defense. It's it's, a cra- it's absolutely crazy. And they went they went they won 13 games with a terrible defense and with an offense that usually took the second and third quarters off. Yeah. Well, and I think like that is so that's also where, you know, you see them making the change at defensive coordinator. You, you know, some some coaches would say, "Hey, the results speak for themselves. We were 13 we won 13 games. Um we're not going to mess with uh, with success, we're going to keep going and just kind of drill deeper and improve on, on what we did. But, um, I think that the change at defensive coordinator was an acknowledgement that, Hey, maybe there was some smoke and mirrors here, or maybe we did get a little bit lucky here and there. Um, and, and we better improve by leaps and bounds or else when we come into next season, we're not going to be just a team that that can go out and duplicate a performance like this. We could we could easily take a step back. And so I think it was an acknowledgement that yes, they won 13 games. Yes, it was a successful season, but 
Uh, there are a lot of flaws on this roster and and with the kind of the the schematics and the approach that need to be addressed immediately or else there's going to be a big step backward in year two and they just don't want to do that. I've been told that O'Connell pretty much had made up his mind in November that he was going to change defensive coordinators, which is a remarkable thing when you're on your way to 13 wins in a playoff berth. Yeah, and 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 I mean, we saw him, you could see him on the sideline in games, and it seemed like he was frustrated. Now it's it's always hard to read body language, and do you know exactly what is what he's reacting to? Um, things of that nature. Um, that's always dangerous, but there were definitely instances in games where the defense was faltering and maybe it was O'Connell with his hands on his knees or like looking up at the sky or, or maybe just kind of gesturing. And and I always took that as he's not happy with this. Like this is not what he um, expected. Um, and, and it just didn't seem like he was on board. Now he said all the right things publicly because that's what you should do as the head coach in the middle of a season. But um it it would not surprise me if you're a hundred percent accurate there that he looked around, he saw the way that Ed Donatel did things through training camp um, into the season, and said, "Man, we are hanging on by a thread here, and this is not going to be sustainable over the long haul." Um, and and I mean, that I think would be a smart read of the situation. You cannot expect to go into next season and win every single close game. Like you just can't. You just can't expect to do that. So, um, so making the change that he did would certainly, uh, indicate that and, and, and making it as quickly as he did would indicate that, look, this is, this has been something that's been in the works for a while that he's been thinking about for a long time. Thielen spoke at the Super Bowl, made it sound like he wants to finish his career with the Vikings. I, I would not begrudge him any decision he made. If he wants to go someplace else and make some money and extend his career, whatever that that's completely up to him. I would not be offended by that in any way. Uh, but I think it's a sound decision to come back to play in an offense. He likes the head coach. He likes the offensive coordinator. He likes the offense. Uh, you know, they're going to, they'll find a role for him uh, as long as they can come into the right uh, contract restructuring or whatever. Uh, I, I just think that he has value here. And I think if he goes someplace else, and people are like, okay, we just signed this guy. He should be the number two receiver, and he ends up being your number three or four receiver, not being productive. That's not a real pleasant way to live. So it sounds to me like something's going to get done. Yeah, and I, I hope that's the what happens. I mean, it, it's very rare for a player to play all of his career in one in one city with one team. Um, certainly Adam Thielen with his background here and everything, it would be neat if he could finish his career off um, with the Vikings and just staying, we, you see so many players go somewhere else either because, you know, they're a little bitter about how they were treated at the end or with contract negotiations, or maybe they want to go and try and win a Super Bowl or, or do something like that. And, um, it's not often that it really works out incredibly well for them. And, um, Hopefully, you know, it, it is true. Absolutely. I mean, how many times did we talk to Adam Thielen in the locker room last year and he made it 100% clear that he was very pleased with not only the offense and and the way that things were running, but also just the playing under Kevin O'Connell and in this new environment that O'Connell really breathed some life into. Um, and so I think for Adam, what he has to look at is 
what are my options out there? And if he has a huge money deal somewhere else, maybe that's attractive. I, I doubt that's coming um, at this stage of his career. Or if you have a surefire, I'm joining a contender that can absolutely you know win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, maybe that's attractive to him. But um, if you are in a place where you're incredibly comfortable, if you are in a city where you are essentially a star, I mean, he's really well known and popular here. And if you are in an offense that is going to give you a chance to continue to be productive, even if you're not going to be the number one or number two receiver um, on the team, um, there's a lot to be said for kind of happiness in your role and happiness in you know all of your life around uh, football as well. And I think he can be really happy here. And so um, ultimately what he's going to have to come to the decision on is like, is he okay with whatever they're going to do financially um, to him to keep him here? And if that's the case, this is a really good spot for him in a really good situation. Um, and it sounds like maybe after, you know, some hints right after the season that eh, this could be it for Adam Thielen and he might just go somewhere else. Um, maybe he's kind of taken a look at the landscape and really just kind of reflected and thought more about it and said, you know what? this is the place for me to be. And um, I think it would work out well if he, if he remains and we'll just see if they can find some common ground on a contract. The Viking update shows coming to you from the Aquarius home services studios. Here's more information about Aquarius home services. The holidays are over and we're all dreaming about spring. But at Aquarius Home Services, we know old man winter isn't done with us yet. Remember last year? We had snow in April. That's why at Aquarius, we're offering $98 off any furnace repair. With your safety and comfort as our top priority, we'll treat your home in time with respect. We'll provide options that make sense with upfront, no surprise pricing. We're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. We'd also like to thank our friends at TSR Injury Law. They've been sponsoring the John Krasinski Show for a long, long time. They sponsor other shows across the network. As you know, all you need to remember is 612-TSR-TIME. If you are injured, you will need good representation, ethical representation. You'll deal with good people. They win a lot of cases, and they will not charge you unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. Let me repeat that. That's why they, their business is such a great success story. They will help you. And guess what? If you call them and they can't help you, they'll still steer you in the right direction because again, they are good people. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. All right, let's get to the fact that I covered Pat Mahomes. Uh, therefore, I have some bear, some responsibility for the uh, the Chiefs Super Bowl victory. I, it, all seriousness, I started covering the Twins in 93. I came right from the NFL beat and went down to spring training. I didn't know anybody. And Pat Mahomes was one of the first Twins I met and he was always great to me. And I still, uh, people have sent me the clip of the little note I did when he left on basically maternity leave so his, you know, his son could be born. And that was Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> so I, I've always just, you know, I, I don't really stay in touch with Patrick, Pat Mahomes, although I have reached out to him periodically for stories. But it's such a kind of a cool story because Pat Mahomes is just a laid back dude. And he he and he played in the major leagues for a while, but he wasn't a star or anything like that. And his son now is the best player in the NFL, the most valuable player in the NFL and has won two Super Bowls and played in three Super Bowls at the age of 27. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing, absolutely amazing. I mean, and I, I do think like 
it, it's obviously clear that Patrick benefits from Pat's like just background athletically, certainly not, not just the genes and the genetics, but also the tutelage and like the expertise that I'm sure and the mentality that Pat had to reach as, as high as he did. Um, and you know, you will see that a lot with, with kids of athletes and coaches and stuff is they are just kind of sort of indoctrinated into the athletic scene at such a young age. It just becomes a part of them in a different way than it does for, for people who didn't have that type of exposure. But, um, I remember like I was a kid when Pat Mahomes was pitching and I always, I liked watching him pitch. And I still remember kind of the first time I heard about this quarterback at Texas tech throwing for all these yards and Patrick Mahomes. I like what Patrick Mahomes. And I like, is that the, is that his son? And, um, and, and you, you get to a point in your life where it's like, now that this is happening, sons or, or little brothers or things like that, that are coming up. And, you know, it's, it, it makes you feel a little old, but it also, I think it's, it's a cool thing. Like you, you to, to have sort of a, an extra layer involved in terms of like, you you're seeing full circle what what's what's come through and and to, to for you to be on the front end of Pat Mahomes's career um and then to see you know his son ascend to superstardom in a way that I don't think any other NFL player is even close to touching right now just in terms of Mahomes's like profile in in the public consciousness um what a really neat thing to to kind of be a part of in a way is just like seeing seeing a guy grow up and then become a father and now that kid is the star of all stars in the NFL it's pretty awesome and the context for this particular success is this for me uh the Eagles think they have a chance to win they trade a lot of assets to get AJ Brown he becomes their number one receiver they already have a really good number two receiver in Devonte Smith they already have a really good pass catching tight end in Dallas Goddard all their backs catch the ball well out of the backfield they built beautifully around Jalen Hurts uh you know the 49ers one of the probably one of the two best rosters in football <clears throat> tons of talent at wide receiver and tight end and in the backfield pass catching uh backs with Christian McCaffrey uh you know the Vikings they don't win 13 games without Justin Jefferson. I don't know how many games they do win without Justin Jefferson. The Chiefs traded away mm-hmm. maybe the most talented receiver in the NFL. He went someplace else. He had a really good year. And they went and won a Super Bowl with a bunch of guys we've never heard of. That, to me, is the greatest testament to Patrick Mahomes and, to some degree, Andy Reid that you can have. Yeah, I think like it shows that there, there are sort of levels to greatness, right? Um, there are quarterbacks out there that are very, very good, um, and incredibly talented, but they do need real help around them. They need stars around them to maximize what they do. And then there are players like Mahomes who raises the level of play of everyone around him because he is so good. And that to me is like the God tier status. Like you can't get higher than where Patrick Mahomes is right now because you he can work with Juju Smith-Schuster, he can work with um you know Pacheco, he can work with like all of these guys who are good players but nothing, you know, nothing to write home about and take them to a Super Bowl whereas um other quarterbacks 
And this isn't even a knock on Jalen Hurts because he's so young. Maybe he eventually develops into that because Jalen Hurts was incredible in the game. Um, but you, when you're younger, you need he. I think like Jalen and and I, I'll put Kirk Cousins in this category. Like I do think that Kirk Cousins is a very talented quarterback, but he needs the right pieces around him. He's not going to be one who you could put in that Kansas City Chiefs offense and they just keep rolling like that. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, I think you could put anywhere with any receivers and they would be just fine because he's Patrick Mahomes. Thanks again to Aquarius Home Service. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Service studio. Thanks again to TSR Injury Law. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. One more segment to go here. Again, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Uh, easiest way to listen to this show or any show at the network. Let's do one more segment today. In the future, we're going to talk about the Wilfs, how they've put together this organization. We'll talk about player personnel decisions, the draft. Uh, as you know, the NFL is almost more interesting in the offseason than it is in the regular season. And we, it, you know, doing a podcast, we can talk about anything at any length we like. It's just a lot of fun to be able to do a show like this. For today, I think we need to uh, cap this show by acknowledging Justin Jefferson wins the Offensive Player of the Year Award. It's kind of a consolation prize for a great offensive player who isn't a quarterback, that's a good reason for it to exist because it's hard to be more valuable than a quarterback. Yeah. It, I'm glad that it uh, does exist. Um, you know, I, I, I cannot argue with Patrick Mahomes being named MVP, right? I mean, it, 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 the way that the game has evolved, it's just, it's so quarterback dependent that it's almost impossible for a player outside of that position to, win uh to win the mvp anymore i mean and so like i want to see other players rewarded for their roles and um i think justin jefferson absolutely deserved that this year because he you know he was in the mvp conversation he was a finalist for the mvp deservedly so he had such an impact on the game um just with his presence with his you know his catch radius his route running all of it um that he it, it deserves mention like he deserves acknowledgement and hopefully um you know maybe going forward maybe it, it you know he gets into a spot where the vikings win enough and and he gets to join adrian peterson in in the mvp discussion and and in a, a for a, for a non-quarterback to win it but it's just going to be so hard to win that award if you're not a quarterback, given how much control a quarterback has on it anymore, that to have this other award that really acknowledges the pure greatness that was Jefferson, Justin Jefferson this year, uh, really nice to see he deserves it for sure. Yeah, and I could see him having a year where he gets to like 2,000 yards, and yeah. maybe maybe there isn't a – this year, Mahomes, without Tyreek Hill, uh, elevated his team, number one seed, and set a record for most yardage from scrimmage – by an NFL quarterback. It was just what he did was undeniable. There might be a year here where Jefferson threads a needle, has a monster year, stays healthy, hits a mile, a plateau uh, that's undeniable. And there isn't a quarterback that just has a truly special season. That could happen. It could happen. Yeah. And like, I, I hope it does or it, not even for Jefferson, but I'm talking even Micah Parsons or, mm -hmm. You know, like thinking outside of the box, like I'm, 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 I'm a fan of that in terms of the voting. I mean, I, it, 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 like there's, it's not wrong to vote for Mahomes for the MVP, like at all. But like, I do think that there is sometimes a lack of imagination or certainly a lack of acknowledging 
how many other positions there are on the field and how important those players can be to the success of a team. So um, going forward, I, you know, I always like to see ballots that have more than just three quarterbacks or five quarterbacks or how many there are just like looking at other positions because they can have real substantive impact and win lots of games. And, and um, so I, I always think that's cool. I thought it was really cool when Adrian Peterson won the MVP because he deserved it and it was not, you know, the conventional choice and stuff. So I do think that Jefferson will probably be in position again at some point to be in the mix again. And, and, um, and, and that will be a very cool thing as well. Check out the John Krasinski show for John's breakdown of the Mike Connolly D'Lo trade and all things Timberwolves and NBA. Again, check out the rest of the network for other shows, including Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.